Welcome to the DC Daily Drop, your one-stop shop for today's important news in DC movies, TV, and comics. Here are your hosts, Tom and Zach. Hello and welcome to the DC Daily Drop. I'm Tom. And I'm Zach. And today we are going to be talking about a recent comics crossover that just concluded this week. And it is titled Planet of the Apes slash Green Lantern. Uh, We're doing this basically because we're Obviously, we like Green Lantern uh, and Planet of the Apes. The latest War for the Planet of the Apes is out in theaters this weekend. So we thought it would be kind of fun to do an episode that covers both of those things. Um, so if you are not familiar with this, it's a six issue series. It seems to take place right after the original 1968 Planet of the Apes film. Wouldn't you say, Zach? Yeah, it has the... The same characters seems to be the same world, kind of the same conflict still going on that was happening in that film. Yeah, and it sort of picks up right after the events uh, Mm -hmm. of what happened at the end there. And from a DC perspective, uh, you you sort of wonder, how how did these two things meet? Well, it seems to be there is, you know, it's from the Green Lantern Corps perspective, and they find a timeline basically where superheroes never existed, and that is what created planet of the apes so an earth where there were no superheroes we know what is going to happen to us yep we're gonna get taken over by talking apes absolutely um so so who do you who would you say are some of the main characters in this well um you have cornelius and zira um dr zaius uh general ursus yep general ursus um so those characters from Planet of the Apes and some of the other smaller characters, but then Hal Jordan is leading this Green Lantern Corps. Um, he's got Guy Gardner with him and some others, and we get to see the Red Lanterns a lot. But Sinestro is kind of the big bad for this, um, and then Gorilla Grodd actually comes in at some point too and gets to to play around quite a bit, um, which makes sense with the Planet of the Apes crossover, I guess. Yeah, that's like the natural <laughs> question you would think, like, oh, they're crossing over with Planet of the Apes. Maybe their Gorilla Grad will show up. And yes, he does for some yeah, reason. He, yep. <laughs> um, without without getting too far into spoilers, I guess, what, how would you sort of describe the story in a broad sense? In a broad sense, I'd say it's it's an interesting story I, I think they did find a clever way to cross over these two universes that seem pretty unrelated um so i think they did it in an interesting way that being said it's kind of bleak there's not a lot of fun in it for me at least i thought it was going to be a more fun crossover but then again Planet of the apes isn't really a fun kind of story so it again it makes sense um yeah i think i end, i ended up enjoying it um i don't know if i would read it again anytime soon but um yeah, it was it was an interesting way to cross over these two universes. Yeah, it's 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 okay. Um, I I actually thought Planet of the Apes Green Lantern sounded cooler on the surface, unless yeah. until you actually think about it. Um, when I think of these kind of these crossovers, they're kind of gimmicky. I mean, they're kind of done for fun, but they're kind of gimmicky. And I never expect a lot from the story because usually it's some weird thing. That not excusing bad stories, but I, I usually don't see much from them. And normally what I'm looking forward to the most is seeing characters from two franchises you like to see them interact. Well, with Planet of the Apes, there's not really some like character. There's not really characters who I, especially with the original series, there's not anyone where I'm really, I like, I like Cornelius, but I'm not like, man, I wonder what it would be like 
conversations between him and Hal Jordan. Right. You know what I mean? Whereas if it was a different series or, you know, like Harry Potter, I wonder what Harry Potter and Constantine would talk about <laughs> <laughs> just as, just for example, um, something like that. I would, I would be really interested in. And I, and I like the characters from Planet of the Apes, the, the old ones, but if this was the newer series with Caesar, um, well, Caesar would, it probably wouldn't work because Caesar would just shut down Hal Jordan <laughs> and not take any of his stuff pretty quickly. But, um, I, that would be interesting because that's a character I'm really invested in. Um, and I, I found Planet of the Apes later. So I think if you have been a fan of Planet of the Apes for a long time, then you might like this more. Um, but the, there was nothing that jumped out. And I think that's why the, some of the fun was missing, like you, you talked about. But it was yeah. actually a better story than I thought, the actual story and everything behind it. Um, would you recommend this um, to people non-Planet of the Apes fans or non-Green Lantern fans or anything like that? Uh, I'd say if you... If you're a person who doesn't like Planet of the Apes and doesn't like Green Lantern, then this <laughs> is probably not the comic for you. But if you like one of them, then yeah, I'd recommend it. It's if you like Planet of the Apes, I'd say if you like Planet of the Apes, I would recommend it more than if you only like Green Lantern and you don't really like Planet of the Apes, you're probably not going to enjoy this that much. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. But I would say if you're not a fan of both franchises, this is I I, I probably wouldn't recommend reading it at all. Um it's kind. Of, I think if if you like the original Planet of the Apes, there's some cool stuff in there. Um, but otherwise, it's it's a it's actually a pretty good story, but not not a ton of not a ton of fun. Uh, yeah. Not, not that it necessarily needs to be, but not as much, not as many interesting things as I thought there would be. And yeah. So I guess we'll get into spoilers now. Yeah. So um, the first issue is Cornelius finding this ring that we we find out is the universal ring that can harness all of the the spectrum which is that's a pretty cool thing and probably a dangerous thing for a talking ape to find um and we see hal jordan in the core fighting the red lanterns um but so cornelius puts the ring on and it alerts hal and the core of a cross chronal disruption on earth that sounds bad that sounds serious yeah, so Sinestro shows up as well. We get introduced to him in the first issue and fights Hal and takes his power away basically from his ring and he forces him to land on this Earth, this Planet of the Apes Earth, and we basically just get the exact same scene that we see at the end of Planet of the Apes where he's looking at the Statue of Liberty and he says, yep. even says the, <laughs> the famous line. Of, um, but yeah, so Cornelius now has the suit um, and he meets up with the sons and daughters of the great power of the divine bomb. If you, I don't, I don't think that's in the first one. I think that's in the later Planet of the Apes movies where they have the Alpha Omega bomb, right? Yeah, that's the second one. I think yeah, beneath. I'm not 100 percent sure on that, but I noticed they did take they took some things from the first one, and it seems to take place between the first and the second one. I guess if you want to fit it into a timeline, but it's um, it does take some things from both. Like I noticed the the prison that came from mm -hmm. the second planet of the apes and so yeah and that's basically how the the first issue ends and we move on to the second issue and cornelius has all this power now and he's kind of in charge of these i don't know if they have an official term but these people that worship the bomb and he tears apart their bomb and makes a bunch of rings out of it and gives it to them so they all have lantern powers now which i thought that was pretty cool and also kind of scary to give 
all of these people lantern powers. Yeah, and I'm glad, as a side note, I'm glad they chose Cornelius to sort of lead the way through this and not, I don't know, not Taylor. Obviously, you would need an ape, so it wouldn't make sense to have Taylor. But I'm glad if they chose some an ape to be involved, I'm glad it was him. Yeah. And he's, he's upset because he finds that they killed Taylor, so they get to see that. Um, but then the core go and see the Guardians, and they do some exposition, explain what the Universal Ring is, how it was created, and that it's driven to create more of itself. And they explain that they sent the ring to a version of Earth locked in a time loop where history just keeps repeating itself. So now we know that this Planet of the Apes thing is just doomed to keep repeating itself. And I don't know about you, but that sounds like an important plot point that might come up later. Yeah, um, and and that's something sort of the original apes franchise is kind of depending on how you interpret it that's kind of part of the the thing yeah. uh, as much as they try to prevent the planet of the apes the more it's going to happen uh but then we get to see general ursus and company uh interrogating Hal, so we get to see what he's been up to what's going on since he landed on earth he doesn't have his powers he's kind of filling in the role of spaceman landing on planet of the apes that right in the planet of the apes <laughs> absolutely uh, but Zira helps Hal escape, um, and they get away. But Sinestro shows up on this Earth, and he gets himself in the room with Dr. Zayas. And is that how you pronounce it? I can't remember. It's yeah. Zayas, right? Yeah, yeah, Dr. Zayas. And is interrogating him, basically, about this ring, because he's here to find that universal ring, obviously. And then the second issue ends with Guy Gardner and the Cord, who are looking for Hal, going to Bell Reef to pick up Gorilla Grodd to help them, which... Seems like a bad idea. Yeah, it seems like a terrible idea all around. (laughs) And story-wise, this is kind of one of the whatever things, but I don't care. Like, this is is a cool, like, going to the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, let's let's pick up Gorilla Grodd on the way. Yeah. I I really like that, the idea behind that. Yeah, exactly. And that's like, these first two issues were kind of what I was hoping for. And then it kind of seems, at least for me, it seems to go downhill. From here, it maybe starts to take itself a little too seriously. There's still some humor in it, but I was—I guess I was just hoping for something a little quirkier, a little weirder. But it seems to go get kind of dark after this. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and the other thing too was this is—we're two episode or not episodes, two issues into a Green Lantern comic book, and I think the only construct we've seen is a cage to put Gorilla Grodd in. Right. Yeah. Which, <laughs> For me, is a little upsetting, but obviously we've we've covered the Planet of the Apes part first, and we'll we'll see more contracts later. But yeah. it just wasn't a whole lot of lanterny stuff going on. Yeah, I'd agree. These these first two issues are more fun, although it kind of does take a little bit of. I, I I understand they need to set everything up, but it seems like it takes a while to get into uh, the story behind it. Yep. Uh, so yeah, it ends with them picking up Gorilla Grad. Third issue picks up with Cornelius and his lanterns fighting with General Ursus and their army and then the core and Grodd show up in the middle of the battle and the Red Lanterns show up um, and Grodd is using his mind powers and what do you know he is not doing what the the Green Lantern Corps want him to do and he is he kind of just runs off by himself and we'll we'll pick it back up with him later uh, but then Dr. Zayas shows Sinestro the bones of someone with a ring and that's basically all that happens in the third issue it's not not a whole <laughs> lot really happens uh, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just I guess there was a Green Lantern before that had been on the Planet of the Apes. Right. 
Uh, and so the fourth issue picks up with that of explaining what these bones were. And we, there's a recording and it was a, a lantern sent there. She was the one who was sent to hide the universal ring. Um, but she got trapped there. And so she decided she was going to help them from wiping themselves out, the humans, because they, they start a war with nukes. And she dies trying. And we get Planet of the Apes. So uh, Sinestro then puts on her ring and he becomes a Green Lantern again, which was kind of cool to see a Green Sinestro in his full Green Lantern outfit. I don't know. I like seeing that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But she also had uh, a bracelet that blocks the Universal Ring's power because they also explain that the Universal Rings can steal the powers from all the other colored rings. Uh, So he puts that on as well. That's an important note. Yeah. Yeah. Again, if I if I were a betting man, I'd say that's a it's an important plot point that might come up again. Uh, so Hal finds the core, gets his power back, uh, and Zero finds Cornelius, and he gives her a ring, and also forces Lucius and Nova to get rings as well. And so he's he's building up his army. He he wants to make peace, he says, but obviously he's going to do that by killing a lot of people, a lot of apes. And we see Grodd return, and he has the Red Lanterns with him, and he's controlling General Ursus's army. Yeah, so now that you you sort of mentioned it, it sort of does kind of... So you get a Green Lantern, Apes crossover, and Hal Jordan really just kind of takes on the the Taylor role from the first yeah. one for most of it, and he doesn't even get... you know He doesn't have his ring usable until the middle of the fourth issue out of six. So I think they waited too long to sort of... Not that they necessarily, obviously they need a way for him to be caught and everything like that, but uh, to have to go that long without powers just kind of kind of defeats the purpose of the crossover. Yeah. Uh, so we move on to the fifth issue, and Grodd is mind-controlling the army and General Ursus and everybody, and he makes General Ursus kill Maximus, which of course goes against the lawmaker, the lawgiver's law of an ape should not kill an ape, and they're upset about that. Uh, but then Grodd starts fighting with Cornelius, and it's it gets a little messy, confusing, because at any given time, the red lanterns or the green lanterns are off somewhere else, but then they come back, and it seems like this battle is taking place in the same place, but people keep leaving and coming back at different times, and it's a little confusing to keep track of who's there at what time, but the, the green lantern corps show up to fight there, and Hal almost talks Cornelius into taking his ring off, but he kind of convinces him that to do things better a little bit. Uh, but then Cornelius, Cornelius um, blasts Grodd and also Zira in the process, seemingly killing them because Grodd has Zira and is going to kill her anyways. And Sinestro shows up at the end of the fifth issue. And so we're setting up this kind of epic showdown with a whole lot of characters for the sixth issue. Yeah. So that sixth issue, uh, Cornelius taps in to that full power of the universal ring and kills Atrocitus. 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 That's how I would pronounce it. I think I've seen, yeah. Yeah, that's what I've seen. There's always, you always like read things in your mind and you like before you ever hear it and then it like sticks in your mind. Like that's how it's pronounced because that's yeah. how I first read it. That's so hard with so many comic <laughs> characters. It's like you just don't know how to pronounce it. So you make something up and then when you right. have to say it out loud, you're like, what? Yeah, after this, let's talk about Raza Ghoul. Oh, boy. I'm just kidding. Anyways, sorry. Cornelius uh, wants to destroy this world forever because he doesn't want it. history to repeat. And you can get peace if there's nobody alive to fight anybody, I guess. 
Um, so Sinestro decides that he wants to help the Green Lanterns contain him because he doesn't want this world to blow up and he doesn't want Cornelius to make it out of there and into their universe because Sinestro can't control the universe if the universe is destroyed. Um, but Dr. Zayas shows up and tells how to put his device, the one that blocks uh, the Universal Ring's power on Cornelius to block his powers. And for some reason, they didn't think of that. Dr. Zayas thought of it. He's smart. So all the, the core put all their devices on Cornelius. It works, but then it doesn't work because he gets the ring back. Um, but then he destroys the Universal Ring by sacrificing himself and he blows up and everything seems to be okay but then we see that Grodd is still alive so it seems like maybe they're going to use him to try to dominate some other apes and then we end with Cornelius actually still being alive and history has just started over and he lands in New York City inhabited by humans and it seems like the same thing is just going to happen again yeah a lot going yeah, on in the end there yeah there's there's a lot going on, a lot to keep track of. Like I said, it's it gets a little busy, a little messy with all the different lanterns. Like there's so many lanterns and not a lot of lantern power shown. The the battles we do get to see a lot more constructs, and then Sinestro actually gets to do some cool stuff. He like makes a mace and a battering ram or something. Of course, that's not what all this comic is about. Just as a Green Lantern fan, that's what's cool to me. Yeah, it's kind of an ambitious storyline. Um yeah when you for for six issues that you of two mythologies sort of combining together that you have to set up and then try to pay off within six issues it's a lot to do and i think they they might have just bit off more than they can chew not bad it's a it's a good good comic but it's not yeah i don't know if i'll be reading it again yeah like i said at the beginning i think it was an interesting way like i'm sure they were kind of just I think when the writers thought like, oh, let's do a crossover. Okay, how are we actually going to get them together? I think it was a good idea. It was clever to, you know, the universal ring and put it on a planet where there's no heroes so that it will never be used. Um, so I thought that was a clever idea and it's a big enough draw to get Sinestro involved as well. So I thought that was clever, but yeah, it wasn't my absolute favorite comic. Like you said, I think they tried to do too much and they waited too long to give Hal his powers back. So he didn't really... Feel that big a part of the story which i was hoping he'd be a bigger part um but yeah all in all it's it was enjoyable just not my favorite crossover i've ever read yeah i agree with you there all right well that is all we have for today thanks for listening and we'll be back again tomorrow thanks for listening and make sure to check out dc daily drop on twitter facebook and dc drop by tomorrow for more dc news